0: Drops.
1: Morpheus is fighting Neo! Nailed it! Thank you so much. That was a beautiful open. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. My name is Jesse and I am your host. And today I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Zon Damore. Zon Damore. Now, is that the name on your birth certificate? It is. Wait, how's that even possible? My
0: mother's name is Zan, so I'm a junior.
1: And where did the d, d-, 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 d- come from? Yeah, it's... You're making me stutter. That's such a good name. <laughs> I, th- I assumed it was a stage or a... No, um... Um, Zahn is Hebrew for creative. So and my Morpheus is done fighting me. please continue. <laughs> um, my
0: grandmother, so my grandmothers have the same name. They're both Big Betty and Little Betty. So, um, Little Betty, my grandmother, um, had a Jewish friend who said, name your baby Zahn. It means creative. It's Hebrew mm-hmm. for creative. And so that's my mother's name. And then, uh, fun fact, I was supposed to be twin boys. I was in the- You really
1: botched that.
0: Oh, I was in the ultrasound with my thumbs together uh-huh. and so there was a baby shower uh for twin boys and I came out one nine pound girl and it was like
1: hmm how did they miss the mark so much I I have never seen a They're- human female with her thumbs together and thought ah, oh, that's probably two boys
0: I said thought that there were like penises the way that my hands oh, were in the ultrasound. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And so <laughs> okay. Uh, this is the story that I was told that no, but and I know that is true because I was dressed as a boy for mm-hmm. about two years. Like I, I, um, I had two of everything. So I, I, at my grandmother's house, I would have like all the same you know stuffed animals and toys that I had at home, and they were all like boy toys. Okay. So.
1: Um, so they were, they were totally getting ready for, for a boy. Twin boys. So all the, everything that was waiting for you in this material world when you came out was, overalls Was overall, yeah. so was
0: green and blue. Okay. And I came out one nine pound girl uh-huh. and uh, my dad was like, name Razon. <laughs> and so I was named Zahn. Um, and my middle name is Damour, which is French for of love. Okay. And my last name is Dumas. Tuma? Yes, and I believe it's French for garden, like an old French word. Um, but I use my first and middle name Zan Damour.
1: And uh, how now I'm I'm completely thrown for a loop. Yes. Uh, so so your family is French, and what's the Jewish?
0: Oh, no, my grandmother had a f- Jewish friend. Just
1: the Jewish friend. So it's, okay. Okay. So there's no genetically Jewish. Correct. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. Uh,
0: I'm I'm from New Orleans, so oh, okay. I'm, I'm African American. Uh, but I was told my lineage is uh, French and Haitian.
1: Okay. Well, well. Welcome to the fishbowl. It's very, very nice to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to learning more. And more and more about <laughs> you. Uh, what we do at the top of the show is uh, we do five and five. So I'm going to ask you five questions. You get one minute per answer. Okay. And then uh, then we're going to slow things down a bit and get to know you better. But we just like to burn through some of the more basic questions okay. as quickly as possible. You will hear beeps as we go through these questions um, and you'll know when your time is up because it will beep. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you confident? <sighs> OK. Ah, yes. you're going to be fine. Here we go. question question one where did you grow up and how did it inform who you are as an adult
0: new orleans louisiana and wow that's a great question um i'm very southern at heart um i love my sweet tea and my fried shrimp uh i'm very yes ma'am no sir uh both my parents are like that they're both born and raised in new orleans um And I think I can tell the difference in people in, like, where they're from regionally Mm -hmm. and just, like, how, like, their mannerisms and how they present themselves. Uh, And so who I am as a professional, like, I'm still, I'm very assertive, I'm very aggressive, but I think that I always i'm I'm very happy that i grew up in new orleans and it's funny no offense to no shade to new yorkers people think oh you're from new york because i (laughs) my personality was yeah yeah but i'm like no i'm 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 sweet i'm from the south you know Well, you're pretty
1: on 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 site you're very time's up yes (laughs) you're doing fine you ready for question number two yes What is the must engage media, the movie, the book, the album that everybody should hear or see at least once before they die Um, for you?
0: It's like a cop out answer. I'm going to say Black Panther, but I don't really like that just came to mind. You know what? The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford.
1: Okay, not the Leonardo DiCaprio one? No. <laughs> Wait, what, Why are you casting shade on DiCaprio? Um, what do you, what do you, what's wrong with it? But him? I
0: remember I had to read that book in high school. I think mm-hmm. everybody has to. And then I saw the one that's like maybe it was made, I think late 50s, early 60s. But it was like It was kind of like Technicolor. Mm-hmm. And I, I cried. And I think that was like the first, I guess, like older movie that I saw in um, like from book to screen as to, to avoid right, reading the book. And yep. it was just excellently made. I understand why it's such a classic book.
1: I am so happy to burn down this minute on The Great Gadsby, which I'm sure is a fine and wonderful film, but I'd much rather talk about Black Panther <laughs> when we get into the deeper dive. Question number three coming your way. Are you okay? Yes. What is your purest joy, your purest source of joy in this world?
0: Ooh. Uh... <laughs> A well, a well sweetened cup of tea. <laughs> um, a really good brownie. Uh, well seasoned pasta. Oh, good! Fri- um, a good shrimp po' boy. So good fried shrimp that's well seasoned um, with some warm French bread, butter, and ketchup, and some extra crispy fries. So basically, a shrimp po' boy with sweet tea with a little ice and a
1: lemon. Now, let's talk about why I offered you iced tea. But which it was I, Earl
0: Grey's tea, like not like, you know, Oh, there's there's tea.
1: honey and lemon in it. It's very good. Okay, and w- you turned I it will, down. No, I will try some before oh, we leave. look behind you. Look at the picture. It's empty now.
0: <laughs> well, I have to come this back This is to the visit. last of it. I'll come back to visit and I, because my standards are so high when it comes mm-hmm. to tea. I'm from oh, New Orleans,
1: so I don't trust everybody. I will take the tea. challenge. Open door policy. <laughs> We're over the clock on this one uh Next question: What gets under your skin?
0: Bad interviews. Oh, get get <laughs> out of here! I offered you the tea. Get out! Uh, no, but you're an excellent interviewer. I watched. I will say on record. I listened to your uh your interview with Kathy Fong. Correct.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: And and you asked some very poignant questions, and it was really really insightful, and it made me nervous on my drive. Uh, and it's funny because now that I'm like I'm usually the interviewer so yep. being the interviewee it uh the tables are turned so I'm, I'm nervous
1: uh, let's put, let me put my cards on the table I am also quite very nervous because you have a background in journalism I have a background in fucking around doing whatever I <laughs> want. so I feel like I I hope I can up my game enough today that I don't embarrass myself I don't think so I well, let's see let's let's see what happens over the next this is a hell of a tease <laughs> for the next 59 minutes get ready guys this is going to be a roller coaster of intellectual engagement. Yeah, bad interviews. Anything else? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Last question. And we just love asking this one at the top and giving a minute so it can be done. What advice do you have for beginners looking to go into journalism?
0: Hmm. Don't be mediocre. Like, create your own opportunity. Like, create your own platform. Create your own opportunities. And make sure that you... There's so many resources to do things to like the highest level. Um, you can afford camera equipment these days, you can create your own blog. Um, you can do so much these days yourself and try to do it at the highest level possible because people can see through um, low quality and mediocrity. And then when you are doing something at as, as a high level as you can do it, then someone will step in and mentor you and help you.
1: Yes. All right. I, you want to call it a quits on this? I think sure? that was a complete answer and with with 12 seconds left on the clock. And what I love to do at the end of the five and five is go like.
0: Are we at a rave? Yes. Us, us, us.
1: So you did it. You made it through the five and five and we can Ooh. ease off the throttle now. Okay. So uh,
0: New Orleans, Instagram, you know, yeah, actually.
1: yep, yep, yep. So we break it down into the one <laughs> yes. minute slices and then upload it to the Instagram. We do the five minute block for YouTube. You're getting the picture. Uh, do you, you grew up in New Orleans, yes, New Orleans, New, New Orleans,
0: or- <laughs> like I N S, but it's E. People are like you're from New Orleans. I'm like.
1: New, the, New Orleans. Does that feel like uh, the, the the city version of racist when people are like New Orleans? I'm like,
0: oh, you're a tourist. Yeah, like it yeah, just yeah. you know. If I say like, oh, if, if it's funny because like. I'm just like a, a normal black girl until like people say, if I said I was from Oklahoma, I'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, from from like Idaho, but like you're from New Orleans. Oh my gosh. Are you Creole? Like, you know, like do they do voodoo? Like, you know, people like, you know, do you go to the French quarters? People would become so inquisitive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, that's my favorite city. I love to go and, you know, eat beignets. And, um, that
1: actually leads me to my first question. <laughs> do you do voodoo? No, I don't. How's this interview going so far?
0: Oh. <laughs> um, uh, the five for five was was amazing,
1: <laughs> and it took a serious dip <laughs> after that. Did you li- did you go to college in New Orleans? No, I. Um, my pa-
0: when my parents divorced, I went to high school in Illinois, outside of Chicago.
1: And you were a teenager when they split.
0: Hmm? No. Uh, well, yeah, thirteen, yes. 13. Okay. Well, okay. they divorced when I was like between seven and nine. And then I went to uh high school. We moved when I was thirteen.
1: Were they they divorced and stayed in the same building or
0: No, they divorced and then but they still stayed in New Orleans. I still lived. Oh, okay, I lived okay, in okay, New okay, Orleans okay. until I was thirteen. Okay. okay. And then um Went to high school outside of Chicago at, in a city called Olympia Fields, uh, and when I was 16, I graduated high school early, and I was recruited to go to Howard University in Washington D.C. Beautiful. So I started college at 16, and I studied. Can I
1: say something nice about Chicago? Yes. One of <laughs> one of my favorite days of this year, uh, I ended up having a one day layover in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I just got on the public bus and rode it to wherever, and then I got on another public bus and rode it to wherever, and just rode the public bus all day through. Through Chicago. It was a wonderful day. It was so cool to see all the different sections of town. Please continue. (laughs)
0: Um, So, yeah, so um, at 16, I was a freshman at Howard where I studied uh, film and French and like some basic animation.
1: I don't like people who are smart like that.
0: (laughs) What do you I mean, like I only it went to kindergarten me. at Get three and and, and skipped the first grade. You know, it's
1: just it gets, other people's success gets under my skin. I got to be honest. <laughs> what you? So you're studying film. What what pulled you to that okay, field?
0: So, so it's funny. I haven't told this particular story, but I'm going to be like super candid with you. So getting like a super exclusive that I may not ever share. Like you know, again. So they'll have to like dig through the like YouTube archives to hear. <sighs> also yes
1: first of all uh you didn't have to marginalize us by saying that people would have to dig through youtube archives this is going to be the hottest show on youtube no, of course, but you know how, like, people there will want be to no dig, this will be public zeitgeist by the time we're done second of all yes uh we do edit so after the show if you feel like ah you know i don't need that okay. one out, we can cut this bit out
0: okay well i'll give you two versions of the okay. story i'll give you like you know the 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 nc-17 version and like the pg-13 okay, version okay, okay. So, um, how I started to study film. So the artist Nelly, he had a very provocative music video called Tip Drill. And, um, there are- Love
1: the title. Never heard it before, but love the title.
0: And and there are, there have been a lot of like really, um- misogynistic like overly sexualized music videos like just in the history of music videos but for some reason um this one was a big deal because Nelly slid a credit card through a girl's ass and so this was such a big deal that like and so after the interview his sister had needed bone marrow Mm-hmm. And so he tried to go and he was like kind of going on tour, trying to get bone marrow matches for his sister. And he went to Spelman and they Spelman College, um, HBCU in Atlanta, and they boycotted him coming to the campus. And, you know, unfortunately, sub- subsequently, um, Nellie's sister passed away and he felt like, you know, he people. Like marginalized him or kind of, you know, like, you yeah, issue yeah, or you know, yeah. like um, could not separate like his art from like, you know, the, the cause he was trying to, yeah. um, push forward, you know, give Bomero for his sister. But at any rate, I remember when I was about, you know, 15, 16, watching this episode of Oprah, where the students from Spellman, it was like Oprah and like these, I forgot like the, the specific guests, but they were talking about this music, about Nelly's music video and the, the boycott, uh, at Spellman and just about, um, how women were viewed in the media and how women were portrayed in the media. And immediately I said that I wanted to study film. Like that was the like literally the catalyst. That I was like, well, if I study film and I direct music videos and I can change the way that women are viewed in the media. Because on a broader scale,
1: this is the NC seventeen version. Yes, <laughs> this has been so. T- I thought you. I mean, raunchy. I,
0: it, it's kind of raunchy because it's like so a music video where a credit card slid on an ass made you say okay, yeah, okay, that's it. It's so me, but but it, that's that that's true. But I said on a broader scale, you know, yeah. i typically yeah. you know speaking to people. Um, to me, music videos is the most powerful medium. I remember when I was in college, I be- my mother probably would deny this, but she would say, don't say you want to be a music video director, say you want to be a film director, and I don't. I honestly don't want to direct film because you can put money into a film and no one ever see it yep you can put money into a tv show and no one ever see it but if you put money into a music video like resources just whether it's time energy anything people are going to watch a music video you know like people's attention spans can go three to five minutes to watch a video but will probably not give you you know 30 minutes, 90 minutes or more to watch a film, especially if it doesn't like compel them. Like I don't watch scary movies, so I don't care what what message is in a scary movie, I'm not going to watch it, you know? And who so, are your
1: directors? I mean, like, who are you looking up to as you were going into music video directing?
0: Um, well, I, I would say number one, I love Missy Elliott as an artist, and she also mm-hmm. directs a lot of her videos. Okay. Um, so I, she really, for me, to see an artist that was... You know, this full figure woman, um, mm-hmm. you know, dark skin, full figure woman, you know, rapper that was making such like creative uh, ahead of his time, like yeah. music videos, you know. Um, so I would say she and, she and Dave Myers collaborated a lot. And Dave Myers um, has he did Kendrick Lamar's um, Humble video that won last year's mm-hmm. Grammy. Um Melina Matushka, I believe I'm saying her last name wrong, but Melina, she um, directed Beyonce's like um, Formation uh, music video. She did the Grammy Award winning Rihanna's we Found, we Found Love video. Melina has also transitioned into TV. She directs Insecure on HBO. Um, so as a woman, Melina Missy, uh, of course, Hype Williams. He was a very big, I, yeah. you know, music video director of the 90s.
1: You know what? I, I, I like Hype Williams' work a lot. Um I like the, the, you know, you can learn a lot about how good a slow motion shot can be through Hype Williams, mm-hmm. but my favorite thing that he's done, there's, it's the, the Kanye West, all of the lights video, the opening segment when that little girl is just walking through the, the high rises in New York City in mm-hmm. the snow, it's in black and white, that like, it's just a gut punch every time. The whole video is good, but that one scene with the little girl is, it's heartbreaking and I can never figure out why. Anyway, I'd love to make it about me. <laughs> Please continue.
0: Um, But no, but I was saying that, you know, when I was... 16 and i decided to pursue music videos it was for a a bigger picture in my mind again is that i when i was 18 i interned at atlantic records in new york and we used i would read like um
1: who was coming through the offices at those point was did you get to see anybody
0: yes uh trey songs was signed to atlantic um like ti was signed to atlantic um those are the big artists that come, like right now, Bruno Mars and like mm-hmm. Cardi B, um, they're on Atlantic. But I remember- um, How good is
1: Cardi B? I just got her album. <laughs> it's really good. I love
0: that you, you're, you're in everything. I love that about you, that you are very diverse in your, your tastes, your guests, your people, your, your life. I love you.
1: Anytime there's, I think there's a huge dearth of female MCs. We need more female Rappers and I'm so glad Cardi B has hit big. And maybe that'll open more doors <laughs> mm-hmm. for more women. And ra- it just it's, it's such an underrepresented group of people. I agree. And and anyway, please continue. But, um, Sorry, I'll stop interrupting someday.
0: I remember. um Excuse me. I remember seeing like the I don't know if they call it, like the sound scans, but like there's um there there were charts of how artists are doing internationally. And I remember like looking at seeing like Lil Wayne and like all of the American artists. Mm -hmm. are so big overseas, you know, like I'm doing this interview with Adrian Marcel on Monday. And, um, the reason why we're doing it now is because when I first reached out to him, he said, oh, I'll be performing in New Zealand for, you know, I'll be in New Zealand for a week performing. Mm -hmm. And so for some reason, American artists are much, usually much bigger overseas and they can have this whole second life overseas. And so, um, with so much, you know, racism and just so many, I think a lot of people get their perceptions of Americans, specifically Black people, through our music. You know, they, yeah. they in yeah. the music videos, they get, you know, that maybe where that women are, are ghetto or, you know, they, they look a certain way and speak a certain way and that the men... You know, wear baggy jeans, and you know, and yeah. our thugs, and and so all of that messaging comes through the music and the visuals. You know, I'm sure you know, having worked in Asia, just how big the Asian influence, the African American hip hop scene is yep. on Asia, yep, and it's yep, the yep. it's the representation of how we look culturally, which is goes down to the music. So the
1: can I ask a question? Yes. Who do you, which artists do you feel are representing the African-American community well overseas? And which ones do you think are misrepresenting? Hmm.
0: That's a great question. I we think,
1: can skip over the misrepresenting if you don't want to be throwing mm-hmm. anyone under the bus. Cause <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's something that isn't, it didn't just happen like today or yesterday. You yeah. know, I think that. Hmm. You know, if you if you go back like even let's say like twenty five years, like NWA and like you know, the ice cubes on mm-hmm. uh, the Doctor Dre's, you know, NWA niggas with attitude, like that that was hood and hardcore, but it had a purpose. Yeah. You know, yeah. it had yeah. a purpose in terms of being like anti police brutality. It wouldn't you have know? caught on
1: if it didn't have a, a purpose behind yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And so and so but it's like the, that look, you know, like, the, and you have, you also have to understand that people like their, their aesthetic, their look, um, also reflect like where they come from as well. So, my point is that, like, so I'm sorry, to, to answer your question, I think that um, sometimes images that have a purpose or or have a purpose sometimes get misconstrued yeah. by people's perception. Because at the same time, you know, just being an African-American, just a, a black man, you could be in a suit, you can look any kind of way. And oftentimes, police feel f- frightened. You know, there yeah, are yeah, yeah. white people calling police on kids, you know, selling lemonade or selling water. So... It doesn't matter how you look, unfortunately, if you are African-American yeah. or a person of color, sometimes there's
1: no way there's no level of dressing up you can do that makes you safe from white people using the police as a, <laughs> as a customer service line.
0: <laughs> hey, exactly. So, um, yes, but I still feel like there are often times where artists are glamorizing, um, and just using, you know, gangs and, Mm -hmm. and, and drugs and, you know, they're glorifying, they're glamorizing and glorifying, you know, like the drug culture and the gang culture, uh, in in their music videos. And again, that is what, if you you can go on YouTube or social media and you can see that. And then again, if you're in another country, you're like, Oh, this is how American, you know, Americans look, this is how black people look. And so I wanted to, use my platform. I wanted to direct music videos, one, to make sure that women, specifically Mm -hmm. women of color, um, are, are not in misogynistic spaces or they're, they're not depicted misogynistically. Um, and I also wanted to be a narrative director Mm -hmm. where again, I'm still a filmmaker, but I'm just using my medium with music and I'm still telling stories, uh, just through music. And I love that you know, artists like Beyonce, you know, Kendrick Lamar, like Beyonce gave you 17, between I think 11, at least 11 music, you know, music videos for her last album. You know, artists like Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Lamar, you know, are winning Grammys for music videos and they're, they're taking it seriously. So our artists like Drake, you know, he spent a million dollars giving back um, in a video. And so I think that the, the budgets have changed. For videos in the 90s, It used to be millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so the budgets have changed, but the medium is never going away. As long as artists make music, they will always have, you know, a visual to it. And so I want to be a part of, you know, when one day when a film student is saying, you know, like, who who do you admire? I would love them to say, you know, oh, I love Zonda Moore's work. I love how she talked about, you know, police brutality. Or I love how she talked about, you know, race relations or, you know, relationships, you know, in three minutes in a music video.
1: Yeah. I think there are kind of like two types of music videos now. There's the frivolous one, and you'll know that because it'll have like a Samsung phone right in the camera for half the video. (laughs) And that's kind of yeah, yeah. And then there's the other stuff like there's it's not as much money going into something like this is America, but Mm -hmm. uh, there is definitely the the art form is alive and well. And uh, please make more, keep it, keep it breathing. And
0: you know, that's a great, you just brought up a really important video. This is America by Childish Gambino that literally broke the internet, you know, like, I don't. It probably has no less than five hundred million, you yeah. know, views, and that's just not Americans. Those are literally people overseas, and that sparked so many articles and so many thought, you know, thought-provoking pieces on, you know, here are all the things you missed in the video. Here's all of the metaphors, and here's all, you know, here are all the hidden messages, and here's what, you know, Charles Gambino is saying about X, Y, Z. People wrote pieces on from his pants to the lyrics yep, yep, yep. to, you know, and then people made their own versions again overseas and people made their own parodies and so it's like it was it wasn't from a film <laughs> you know in three minutes yeah people were like wow and they watched it so many it's times very to, loaded to, it's yeah. very
1: stuffed with content yes
0: and so again i think that there's so many there there's point after point after you know there's so many examples of like great art you know in three to five minutes yeah. to a song that i think makes what i aspire to do um still still relevant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Let's talk Black Panther for a minute. Okay.
0: <laughs> because
1: I like that movie a lot. Yes. But it's not my place to talk about why I loved it so why <laughs> not? You should. Because it'd be it immediately turns into white splaining.
0: Okay, wait, I want to hear why why did you love Black Panther? Uh
1: Okay, you want you want it? You want it all?
0: I want to know why you love Black Panther.
1: I enjoyed it well enough. I'm married to a Kenyan woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk a lot about representation in films. And she says, like, it's just how it is. This is just how it is. If, if Africa is ever shown in a movie, it's going to be as a place for the white man to save. That we are poor. We are helpless. We are hopeless until somebody from America comes and saves us from ourselves. It's where it's always depicted as a shithole. And that's just how it's always been. And it it never even occurred to us that that would be ever seen as something different. The opening scene, not the opening, but when they're flying over Africa Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like, here we are in Africa and it's just deserts and it's a shithole. And then they're like, but here's the real Africa. And then it mm -hmm. flies over that hill and you're in Wakanda. Finally, Uh that part made me cry, not for the film, but for knowing like how long she's lived feeling like you guys just show it as a shithole. That's all mm-hmm. it is to you. And there's this beautiful thing hidden underneath to see it like just poof, up there on the screen. It's a shit. Nope. It's not. It's beautiful down there. Uh-huh. So that, that moved me a lot. I do think representation is very important. And, and just knowing the Africans and the Africans, Ameri- and um, the Africans and the African Americans that I've known in my life, um, hearing so many complaints about American cinema, Almost all of them were addressed in that film. Like mm-hmm. everything that we've been doing wrong for so long, they got so right in so many ways, mm-hmm. and it, it just meant a lot to to not me, but to the people that are in my circle, and therefore it meant a lot to me. So that's the least white splaining version I can do.
0: No, you know, I, I don't I don't think what you just said was white splaining. I think. Um, then
1: I was successful. I found, I've translated it correctly.
0: Yeah, white explaining When I remember, I think it was Matt Damon that that did it. Where that kind of phrase came from was more like.
1: Wait, how did Matt Damon? I handled this better than Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, because I, there I'm was a break show. Break my arm,
1: pat myself on the back. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, and I, I, I see the context so clear. Like he did like a, a reality show or some type of show. Um, to help writers get into like break into the industry, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and there was one African American writer, um, and basically, like her question was kind of like, why don't why aren't there more people of color in the room? And like he said something about like, it doesn't matter. And like he, so that's what, that's where kind of white splaining came from where he okay. was trying to explain, you know, tell a black woman yeah like why it you know having a black writer write black characters or you know like wasn't necessary in a sense and and so that's where it it came from and so i oh, okay. feel, so 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 basically like if if you were like uh if you were trying to explain to me like why I wasn't important in a certain space or or why you can be without me in a sense, then you're kind of whitesplaining.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm safe?
0: Yes, you're safe. (laughs) You're invited to the cookout. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: love, I love food.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think Black Panther, it was, it was beautiful and usually I don't go to films like when the hype is so big like I didn't see it immediately it came out around my birthday which was March 15th and it came out a little bit before it came out in February but I didn't see it until like late maybe the end of March because I was just like it can't like the hype is just too much it was because you don't want to be let down because people are hyping it up so much and then one day I I just went to see it by myself and I was like oh okay you Uh, know I get it
1: I went to see it by myself and ended up in this row, and I was in the middle. And to the left of me, it was all African Americans, and to the right of me, it was all African Americans. Mm -hmm. And that was the most fun I've had at a screening, (laughs) just kind of trying to stay invisible and enjoy it through through uh, my my neighbor's eyes.
0: And then I know that I remember when I saw it, there was like I think like a father with like um, some little white girls behind me, Mm -hmm. and so I love when that's the part that I love, that I was like one of the only Black girls in the theater and there was more white people in the theater. And that's so important because, again, as I'm sure you know, as a filmmaker, we're often told, okay, it's a Black movie and it doesn't translate to white audiences. But again, I'm in a theater and I'm the minority in a theater, you know, with a primarily African-American cast. And, you know, I think it's important for the next generation, you know, for little Rebecca, you know, whomever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the little girls to, 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 I'm, I'm thankful that her father, you know, whomever she was with, you know, bought her, um, and all the other, you know, little children that saw the film to see it because she may not, you know, choose to be a filmmaker or, you know, it, it may help to balance out what she sees in the news, yeah. in the media, you yeah. know, you have to have that balance, I think of, um, Art imitating life, because sometimes life is just so, you know, brutal and disrespectful.
1: I'm not a big fan of capitalism, um, but I think this is one of those things where capitalism is going to end up working in our favor. Like we've got this spreadsheet and the last number shows profit Mm -hmm. and it shows profit on this. You know, Black Panthers and Get Out mm-hmm. are both massive hits that had crossover success. So finally, we have the spreadsheet that says like it's profitable. You can't use that bullshit. Like uh, white people don't see black movies, and black people don't see white movies, and black don't travel. Like it, it's done. <laughs> uh-huh. It's done. We've got the, we've got the receipts on it. Um, so I'm hoping that this will play out in in the favor of desegregation, which is clearly still a thing. Yes. So I guess we're done here. <laughs> uh, well, journalism, can we talk about journalism for a minute? Okay what, how'd you get into that? You're going to film you're going to film school. Mm-hmm. Are you studying journalism at the same time or no. is that your natural inclination? It's
0: funny. I never s- studied journalism. Um, I was like editor of the yearbook in the newspaper in high school. You know, I think whenever there was like opportunity to write or like mm-hmm. do things on camera when I was younger, uh, my mother did expose me to that. But again, I went to college when I was 16, knowing that I wanted to direct. At 18, I believe that God put in my little mind. He said, Mm -hmm. um, start a magazine because it will help you build your relationships in the music industry. And so...
1: What do you think the fishbowl is?
0: (laughs) That's what I I did. It's the
1: same thing. It's the same exact thing. Please continue.
0: And so... I would like to say that I'm going like the Ava DuVernay route because mm-hmm. she spent 20 years as a publicist and now she's a filmmaker. And I think that she, like the quote is she didn't pick up a camera till around like 33, 35. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's in her forties and she has like, you know, a smaller body of work than like a Spike Lee, for example. But I, you know, her background in publicity has really helped to, I feel like magnify and propel her career. And as I said earlier, you can put a hundred thousand dollars into a film and, if you don't have the marketing and the publicity around it, yeah. then nobody will see it, yeah, you know? Yeah. You might and, as well
1: just burn that money. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so um, for me being a journalist, I believe that as my career as a director blossoms,
1: yep, yep, yep that, yep,
0: yep, yep. you know, I've been able to meet some amazing people at some really, you know, amazing publications and, and it will help, you know, one opportunity to be got the next opportunity. Cause people yep. would say like, you know, write-ups and articles. Have you seen the Zonda Moore video? You know, where she's talking about XYZ. Um, and so again, when I was 18, I decided to start a magazine. And ironically, my first interview with Spike Lee. Uh, he came to campus. It's a heck of an interview. Um, that was my first interview at Howard. With And my site was called A May Amour at the time. Random French words I put together. Um, and,
1: and so... I still sweat on this thing with my friends. I can't imagine sitting down... With Spike Lee, right?
0: Yes. And okay. it, it was, um he did something at Howard, some type of like speaking engagement. And I remember I sitting in the front row, then afterwards, you know, I got to like go backstage and you know, like talk to him. Were um, you sweating? No, you know, Spike is pretty, uh, what's the word? Like straightforward, you know, pretty, I like think. Like he can lock in. I, there's some people who are a little more warm and fuzzy than Spike yeah. Lee. <laughs> So, thought like you can't sweat because people are like, why are you sweating? Like, I don't have time for that's this. That's true. That's true. You know? That's true. Yeah. So, you can
1: sweat later after the interview exactly. when you're alone, but not in front and of you. Of don't you don't have the time to sweat in front of Spike Lee. Yeah.
0: Um, so, I, I'm really grateful that, you know, Howard University, my school, was very supportive of me saying, hey, I have a magazine now. And so, a lot of artists. That are like big artists now came to campus Mm -hmm. um, to perform or they perform within the D.C. area, D.C. New York area. So I, you know, interview them. So and it's crazy because I I don't think that I give myself enough credit maybe of like, hey, I'm 18, like saying, hey, I have a magazine. Like, can I interview these people? You know, I think the younger you are, the more. Like fearless and resilient you are to be like, hey, I'm just going to jump off a cliff, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and not think about, like, hey, like I'm not really studying this, or hey, like, I don't, you know, in, I just started something, you know, and so after Spike Lee, um, artists that I interviewed while at Howard were J. Cole, mm-hmm. um, Miguel, um, Janelle Monae, who is you know, in Moonlight, um, a rapper named Nipsey Hussle big uh, LA artist, uh, Dom Kennedy, Big Sean, Wale, so a lot of like rappers. Um, and so then when I moved to Los Angeles, when I was 22, I was still, I was at an event interviewing a casting director named Twinkie Bird. And that's where I met the editor of the LA Sentinel newspaper. And um, he was like, where's your crew? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm I'm by myself, you yeah, know, with yeah. my camera, my light, my tripod. And um, he's like, I need you on my team. And so uh, after, like, you know, being persistent and following up, I started writing for the LA Sentinel newspaper. And um, after the Sentinel, I wrote for, like, a site called Coco Fab, and then a site called Hello Beautiful, and Exo Nicole. And then I look up, and it's, like, five years later. And I've written for about five or six sites in LA, and I'm a journalist, <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know? Yep, 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 and so... Um, In between that, I also worked for an amazing director named Justin Harder, and we did uh, the commercial um, for RuPaul's Drag Race Season Six. Okay, and so I got to be a project manager on that commercial, and I learned so much about um, working for yourself. Like when I was at at Howard, the big push was like work for a company. The big push was like, you know, oh, I work at NBC. You know, I'm getting an internship at BET or one of these labels. And working for Justin, he was a Viacom contractor. And so I learned that you can, like, work from home and still have big brands and networks yep. as your client. And so, like, I, I worked at his Pasadena home. It was meet him and the cat, Edo. And so like, it was just cool just to see, again, that he had an idea. They gave him the budget. And we, you know, made RuPaul into a Panther. You know, this is before Black Panther. We, we, made, yep. we, we made RuPaul a Trend Black Panther. Trendsetters. Yes, trendsetters. Um
1: That show, that RuPaul program, made it it caused my wife to, she had to move the whole needle because she was like, I feel, the thing, she feels uh, very shy in public. Mm -hmm. And when she was watching it, she was like, these, the people on this program have been marginalized and ostracized their whole lives. And they are so open and themselves on a public forum. Why, Why, why do I get to? hide inside myself mm. like she had to just change the it, it really had a huge impact on how she thought of herself and the world That's cool. so, so it's, yes. it's good to know there's a straight line from, <laughs> from her to, to RuPaul through through you
0: um so yeah so I, I I worked as a project manager in between you know writing um, so I, I, work with, um, as a project manager with Justin Harder and then you know, also did a lot of PA work, um, like for kids choice awards and like different, mm-hmm. you know, TV shows. And, um, within this time between like writing and PAing, and I planned some, I produced some events with my best friend Waverly. We did an event series for about a year. And then my uncle, uh, my late uncle, who I love dearly named Michael Jackway, who's an Emmy award winning producer who recently passed away. I was planning an event and he was like. I thought you were a director. I thought you came here to direct. Like you're twenty-five, you're not getting any younger. You want you're gonna to wanna to have babies and a husband soon and like you're you're not focused. You know, you're doing everything but what you came here to do. And so when he said that, like that, like kicked my ass. Like that, you know, like snatched yeah, my edges, yeah, as the kids yeah, yeah. say. And um, you know, when he reminded me, like, hey, like you're producing events, you know, and and you're 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 being a journalist and you know, you're not I haven't seen a video from you yet. That's when uh, I reached out to my friend, Lavelle Streets, who's a Long Beach artist. And I'm
1: like, I know Lavelle (laughs) Streets.
0: I said, send me your music. And um, that's how I directed my first music video called um, Old Ways for Lavelle. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to why I even wanted to be a director, the song in itself is kind of like misogynistic, you know, kind of talking about, you know, like, the bitches and the hoes, as a lot of rap songs are. But there's one line in the, the song that says, and I read the lyrics, um, homies putting a ring on and starting a family. I'm like, that's it. It's a wedding theme video. Okay. You know, I, I decided from the one line, yep, you know, yep, yep. We're, we're going to make this a, a wedding theme video. And the gag is that you're not going to get the girl. Because you're so trifling in your lyrics that ah. you know, um, we're gonna think that you get the girl, but you know in the camera pants and, and, and I love that people I've gotten such amazing feedback from this music video because people are like people don't expect the plot twist. It, yep. It's an unpredictable video. and for it to be my first, You know, people, I'm really grateful that um, it kind of set the tone for me in terms of like, hey, I've been on enough sets. I've seen enough people do it. Let me create my own opportunity, you know. And so um, from creating the treatment, shot list, storyboard, you know, hiring a cinematographer, the producer, investing my own money, you know, in the project, uh, I was... I did everything like again. It was I planned a wedding and I shot it, so I had to like rent chairs. I had to you know rent a dress. I had to go buy a veil. Um, you know we had to have a, a meal, a champagne toast. I got I got a helium tank for the balloons. You know all these logistics. Uh, I basically did myself. Mm-hmm. They bring the video to fruition, like I said, it's the greatest compliment when, when people who were either on the set or read the treatment, they say, wow, like the vision is very clear. Like I, I read yep. it or you told me and I see it, you know, and and so I did that video for him. And we're also we're about to do another video this fall, Lavelle and I. And which, which track? Um, It's a song called Flying Kites.
1: Is it on the the album? Yes. Okay. Yes,
0: it is. And um, the theme for that one is, after seeing This is America, for example, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very, um, it's going going to touch on police brutality and um, and mistaken identity and just how, you know, Caucasian police officers uh, fear African-American men. And so that's, a subject that we're tackling in this video. And I'm very excited because like, I haven't told, besides Lavelle and I, I know about it's an exclusive, is that- um, You heard it here first. first. <laughs> and
1: for those of you keeping score at home, the album is called The Offering, yes, Lavelle, Lavelle Streets.
0: Streets, The Offering. Um, we want to go on tour with this music video. We want to go on a museum tour. I would like this-
1: Interesting. V-
0: I would like this video to be a museum exhibition. And that is something that I want to do. That's very different. I don't think I've seen any music videos that um, exhibit in museums, um, on tour especially. Um, Because, again, it's, it's such a poignant topic. And there are a lot of, you know, visual, like, Documentaries and in in photo, you know, things that screen at museums. However, again, I would love to have this video on loop at a museum. Yep. I would love for Lavelle and I have to talk about our experiences with police brutality. Um, and then he had an amazing idea of just kind of having an artist.
1: Have you had experiences with?
0: Yes. Please.
1: Can we talk about that? Sure. That okay. okay.
0: Um, but he has, uh, he had this great idea of having uh, an artist kind of like do a pictorial, like uh, innocent, but guilty kind of mm-hmm. series, which goes with the theme, you know, people who have died at the hands of the police who are innocent, but yeah. you know, guilty. And that goes with the theme of the video uh, that...
1: What do you mean? Innocent, but guilty? That... Like guilty of being in the wrong place or being near the wrong person or... W-
0: Innocent, where it's in terms of like, it's a presumption of guilt. It's a presumption okay. that you look dangerous. It's a yep, presumption yep, yep. Okay, okay. that, you know, maybe your phone is a gun. Um, or, or that
1: maybe your uh, Skittles are <laughs> exactly. a gun. Or maybe your nothing at all in your hands is a gun, depending on which day of the week it is.
0: Exactly. Um, and so in the video, so I'm, I'm kind of giving you the treatment. Um, what happens is that um, it's kind of like a... Uh, a duck, duck, goose or a lottery where uh-huh. um, you have this Caucasian police officer and he he sees like four black men throughout his day. He sees Lavelle. He sees a, um, another black man. You know, he, he goes like to breakfast, lunch, the gas station. Yep. He, you know, encounters all these black men um, and the fourth black man he happens to see as he's getting a call about a suspect of a reported robbery. Mm-hmm. So he kind of just pinpoints on like, hey, right, we got him. What a
1: great queen. I'm so good at my job. Exactly. That must be him.
0: <laughs> so that, so that's without giving them away too much. Yeah, that's what happens in this video, which is again art imitating life. Where mm-hmm. if you fit a description, oftentimes you know that that's it. You just fit a description.
1: Yep. You know. Yep. And darker skin is pretty much all the description some people need. That's- you
0: know, and I read a tweet recently about colorism, which, Mm -hmm. um, if you're not familiar, you know, it's like, it's, it's a light skin versus dark skin thing where, you know, if you're black, it comes in all different shades, but there is, um, people who are darker skin as a woman, I can say that, you know, I, I have had experiences where men, you know, will, who who, men that they're men who don't date dark skin women are, you know, who prefer light skin women when it comes to dating. But I read something that statistically said that colorism applies to men as it pertains to jobs and crime. That if you're, you know, a dark-skinned men are more likely to be arrested, more likely mm-hmm. to, you know, um, be perceived as a certain way. And so, um, yeah, again, we will see that depicted in Lavelle Street's new music video, "Flying Kites." Coming I can't wait you to this see fall.
1: it. I cannot wait to see it. <laughs> what's What's your experience with the police? What?
0: Um, what's. Uh, what happened was I I used to live in Burbank, California, okay. which you know some people may say was a, is a nice area, um, and I was going to dinner with a friend, and he was Puerto Rican. He was Spanish, uh-huh. but he looked white, looked very white. He looked like you, you know, in okay. terms of like had blue eyes, blonde hair, and so I was parked in front of his house waiting for him. But like I had, I was parked in the street and I had my lights off. Cause I'm like, you know, why do I need it's like I don't want these these blaring lights glaring. It's maybe like, you know, nine o'clock. And so I'm sitting in the street, you know, and then I see these like lights behind me. So I'm figuring, okay, like maybe again, there are cars passing. There it
1: is. She hit the <laughs> mic stand. One oh, thing we do on every apologies. episode, we wait for the guest oh, to okay. accidentally hit the <laughs> mic stand and there <laughs> it was. Love it. Love um it. Please so continue.
0: I'm sitting in my car. My light, I'm parked. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I guess double parked, I guess, so, but I'm sitting in my car, it's 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 a evening and my lights are off. And then there's a car that I see like lights, like these big flashing lights. I'm like, okay. Like, but all I see is like the, the lights and I'm assuming they're just high beams of somebody about to pass me. And I don't pay any attention. And then uh, all of a sudden like an officer comes up to my window and is like, license and register, Like, why are you here? <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, they're yeah. like, license and registration. And I'm like, I'm, you know, parked in front of like somebody's house and like I'm about to go to dinner waiting for my friend to come out. And he takes my license and he like proceeds to kinda like quiz me like what's your name? Like what what's your address? Like he's like, Why like why are you here yeah, yeah, in yeah. this neighborhood? And my license says like that I live in Burbank, like that I live walking distance from where I'm parked, but he repeatedly is asking me like my name and like, you know, who I am as if I'm going to like slip up and say them wrong. Like I, like I guess the like yeah, ID, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and basically he tells me, he, I don't know if he's saying this for the the dash cam or for, you know, whatever to kind of justify, like he, he's like, you know, you could be a robber. And so he's basically saying why he would shoot me, (laughs) you know, in my opinion. You're you're justifying, like, your lights are off, you're sitting in this car, like, are you the getaway? He didn't act, but he's saying that because my lights are off and I was parked in the car.
1: Yeah, yeah. That
0: I'm sitting in my car, it's registered to me, but, you know, I'm sitting in the car with no lights on in this residential neighborhood that I could be about to rob, you know... Rob a home And so yes. my friend Comes out And again He looks white yeah. Physically You would never know That he was You know Spanish And He just Quelled You know qu- quashes squashes yeah, all, the whole situation all where, you know, the stress is Hi, gone officer what's going on you know yep, yep, oh, yep, my yep, yep. you know how's your day and he even like starts to converse with me Zon, how was your day and like you know and 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 is but everything he's smart great? though if
1: he's if he's running the room like if he becomes mr social sunshine yeah, like yes. he knows what he's doing he, it's not an accident but
0: he just you know st- how was your drive how was your day are you ready to eat you know he just starts to converse with me as a, as a, everything is fine and then he says you know yes officer this is my House, you know, like she's just picking me up, you know, cars in the shop. And yep, so yep, yep, yep. then eventually, you know, the officer gives me my license and we get to, you know, drive off into the sunset. And then he doesn't understand why I'm so upset.
1: Yeah. And I'm just yeah.
0: like, do you understand? I could have died. Like yeah. I literally could have been shot because he presumed that a car, co- you know, and I'm like, I'm five, two, <laughs> you know, maybe one, I was skinny at the time, maybe 130 at the time. Okay. And I'm just like, Imagine I was a black man, you know, but it's like, you're telling me this officer literally said like, you, you look like you, you know, he's, he literally presumed like I might be about to rob this home. And I'm just like, "Uh, uh, is that the best you could come up with? You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my small experience, you know? Um, But no less valid. Yeah. You know, that was still something that was very scary to me um, that... That's what I was
1: told. Can I can I jump in for a second? Mm -hmm. That those small experiences are almost more nightmarish than the big ones. Like, I'm not saying like Trayvon Martin is cool. Like that's I'm that's horrible. But that gets so much press and so many eyes on the officer and so many eyes on the situation. But these these microaggressions, I suppose is what they're they're called, Mm -hmm. those are so evil because they happen all the time and get no mention and and no recognition and there's no way to fix it. There's no way to get rid of every instance of someone just being ambiguously horrible to another person in a brief moment so don't, I, I don't think that we should delegitimize mm-hmm. that you know you say it's your small experience but that your small experience happens a million times a day in Burbank and a million times a day in Glendale and it's because it happens so much and is so so tiny nothing is done mm-hmm. nothing is mentioned mm-hmm. about it when we've got the the bigger cases the flashier ones that need uh, immediate and, and huge recognition when when lives are lost, so they're both they both have to be front burned. Exactly. Both of them have to be good point o- o- up and open for the dis- discussion. Do not do not diminish that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, here there it is. A, a white man validated your <laughs> no, but like,
0: no, but again, this is why I like you, Jesse, and I'm Team Jesse. Oh, thank um, you. I'm Team Zone. <laughs> you know, I, which I, means we're both on the opposite <laughs> team fighting each other, sir. Yes. <laughs> I think we need more people like yourself that. You know, we need advocates. We need allies, you know. Um, That's
1: my big question. What's What are ways that we can be allies better? That's the, the, I'm going to shut up and hear this. What, how, what can we be doing?
0: You know, I think that you just my experience with you and my interactions with you, you know, have have been so, you know, reassure, reassuring and reaffirming that, you know, all white people aren't racist or all white people aren't. Um, you know, out to get us or, you know, it's just sometimes we just need somebody that I don't want to get too political. You know, but I think sometimes it is important to, for people like yourself to have a diverse group of friends um, and to use your platform to invite someone like myself that is not, you know, of your race or your background or your experiences and, and to listen to my perspective so that, you know, as you're saying that, that you don't trivialize are marginalized something that may have happened to me um so that you can tell a, another friend that may not have you know that that may come from privilege that may not understand like hey your experience is different from Zahn's, <laughs> you know like be, because of the color of your skin you know we're not saying that um you're inherently bad but it's just like you can get away with more you can do more you know you have more access yes. because of the color of your skin so just because it's great for you does not mean it's great for everybody else. And so I think that if you are empathetic to that and you are cognizant of that, um, and then you can tell somebody else, because again, there are certain people who could not fathom certain things that African-Americans go through, you know, there, there are certain, again, like just as Americans, there's something like, we can't fathom not having like, you know, hot water yeah, or, you yeah, know, there yeah. are, are, Wi-Fi. you know, there are certain things that, you know, if we go to third world countries that are just like, wow, like you live like this, you know, you have this kind of experience. And so I think.
1: I've, I've been you know, to Kenya it, it, where we didn't have hot water in the house.
0: So I think, you know, I feel like Sometimes being African American is like living in a like a, a perpetual third world country and then white people are like but what do you mean yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Fu- well i think the the flip side what, what the the we you, we've got on y- your side of the table we have microaggressions and i think on my side of the table we have microignorance mm. like it's it's really hard not to be aware of of the big ones the ones that make the front page but it's very easy for us to be unaware so if that I I go through life assuming that I'm not a criminal and most people around me go through life assuming the same thing. So everything they assume matches up with what I assume about myself. So there's no dissonance there at all. And this leads to just ignorance Mm -hmm. of of what your experience is. Here's a a quick story. I went to Target the other day and bought some hard drives and some uh, loose leaf paper and some folders and pens. And uh, I got to the cash register and I thought, you know what? I don't need a bag. So I just like bundled it all up in my arms and walked right out of the place. As I'm going through the metal detectors, they start beeping off. Like, you know, the alarm goes off and the, the guard just goes and waves me through. That is not that is not typical. It's <laughs> not like, of course, I don't think I'm a criminal. He doesn't think I'm a criminal. So we're both like, cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just thinking like, God, it's good to be white in this country. It's so good. To, it's so much easier. What was the point? Microignorance, and we do need to we do need to work on that. And mm-hmm. I don't know where we. <laughs>
0: That's why we have and, that. And, and I think it's being cognizant that you know, like comedian Chris Rock, you know, who is. Very famous, you know, very successful. Yes. You know, he said that he's been driving through his neighborhood, you know, in a nice car. And, 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 you know, there have been police who are like, that can't be his, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and, and he gets stopped repeatedly, you know, a, a black man in a nice car. It's like, it must be stolen, yes. you know. And so it's just being cognizant that, you know, like, hey, like the, the playing field is not equal. No, and there's, <laughs>
1: there's no level of success that you can hit where you're, if you're, if you're dark-skinned, you never get out of it. There's no way out of that. You will always... I get burnt. I get really because it, it just pisses me off. Because I, it's not about me. <laughs> I, no, I, I get I worked think, up. I, you I, work.
0: I think, as you said, what can you do? What can we do? I think. Then again, it's 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 knowing that. Hey, if if you're a filmmaker hiring, you know, African American women, African American men, you know, it's it's knowing that nepotism and cronyism is so rampant and relevant you know when you're white where it's like people are going to work with the same people or work with their friends or family but hey if if you're shooting something and you're like hey I know this great you know female director who would be a good AD or I know this great you know young lady who would be a good producer and I want to hire her you know because you know Zahn is great but then also because she's a woman of color It's, it's it you don't want to necessarily it's like not Trying to be like, hey, this is a diversity hire, but it's also knowing that talent and, you know, talent comes in all shades and all races, yes. but it's also knowing like, hey, if I'm shooting a film, even if it's about, you know, whether it's about an all white um cast or, you know, in an all Asian cast or, you know, all that, whatever, if, if there's any person of color, you know, uh, within the realm of, uh, the, the storyline, even if there is not, there should still be a person of color, like on set or in the room. You know, it's funny because a lot of times, um, we have, their horrible, like, Ad campaigns that go out because there's like clearly there are no black people in the room. It's like yes. if you look around on if you look in any setting, whether you own a restaurant, whether you're shooting a film, you know, whether you have a hair salon, anything, and there and you're the and there are no other cultures, races in the room, then that's a problem, you know? So I think that, again, if you are in a position to hire um, and you are, again, on a set and there are, and it's lily white, you know, from yeah. from every department, from craft services to, you know, line producer, director, you're like, can we can we get a black PA in here somewhere? Can we get a black producer? You know, but you have to be that voice to, to say like, hi, <laughs> you know, Where can we replace your cousin or your nephew with, you know, somebody who needs an opportunity, who needs this credit, you know, on a film so that they can go ahead and, you know, open the door for the next person. But if we don't get opportunity and we're not seen as equals, then how can anybody progress?
1: Can I say something to this hypothetical producer who is hiring uh, an entirely white cast and crew? Yes. Uh, You are overloaded with micro ignorances. Thousands and thousands and thousands of them. The person who wants that job, the person of color, the minority, the woman who wants that job, uh, wants that job. That's all well and good. You want that person on your set because you are ignorant and uh, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to experience everything. You can have other people around you who have seen and heard and felt things that you can't see, feel, or hear because of you... Your, uh, your station in life. You want that person on that job just as much as that person wants the job, if not m- more, because you're ignorant. <laughs> not by design, but by fate. By fate, you're, you're going to be ignorant. Are, are we good? Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm trying not to... It's in my, in my head a lot, in my heart a lot. I've been out of country for the last decade, and I'm trying to I'm trying to formulate these thoughts and trying to formulate these feelings on, on how to best engage this stuff. So if I've missed the mark, don't hold back. Please don't I, hold back.
0: Like I said, I, 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 I love you, Jesse, and I'm grateful for you.
1: I'm and so glad you came over. We haven't even touched the fishbowl. <laughs> let's go through some of these, okay. and then we'll talk about how great the other person is. And I got a lot to say. So... All right, you do the first poll and we'll see what we get there.
0: Okay. I'm not going to look at pick a one that I saw. Yeah,
1: I'll yeah. I'll pick something random. What have you got?
0: Okay, what one medical advancement do you wish had never been invented or discovered and why?
1: We got this one before and we skipped over it because it's such a weird question yeah. and so impossible to answer. I'm very grateful for all <laughs> and every... There we go. Let's get something else. Uh, okay. What have you got?
0: I don't like this one. <laughs>
1: you can ding it too. You're allowed oh, to. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Is, that, is that at the pass?
1: That's when, when we're done talking about some topic, you ding the bell. Oh. So there you okay. go. Why well, ringing the bell is half the fun of this program. Uh, what have you got? What was the one you didn't like? I'm very curious.
0: I'm like, it's kind of limited.
1: Okay. <laughs> Lord. Wait, what was that one? <laughs> don't put it back in if you don't want it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I want to pick my. I want to pick mine. I pick mine. Uh, no! I saw a good one. Can I say the one that I saw?
1: Sure. 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 I don't know.
0: Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, so I, so the one that I picked uh-huh. was, uh, what would be the name of your autobiography? What would
1: be the name of your autobiography <laughs> if you were to write one?
0: So it's funny, I literally told my best friend, Sydney, hey Sydney, um, if like, I said there are only, God forbid if I die tomorrow, there are only a few people who are qualified to mm-hmm. like write my story, you know, um, I think that's the, when I watch like, um people's biographies, you know, Mm -hmm. of course you, you have like, you know, mom, dad, family, but there really is only if we all really think seriously, a certain number of people who have like really seen us and who really know us, you know? And so I was like, she's on the list, you know, there's a short list and it's like, okay, like Sydney's on the list. And I I had told her, it's like a few months ago. And I was like, um, my auto and jokingly, I was like, my, my autobiography would probably be uh, called psychic and petty.
1: That's a good title. (laughs) That's a very good title.
0: Because I, God first, but I believe in astrology and I'm a Pisces. I was born March 15th. And if you ask any of my friends, especially Sydney, like I'm very intuitive. Well, I think it, I believe in discernment. I'm very intuitive and I, I, I believe that a part of, you know, if you read anything about Pisces, I don't know much about the other signs, but that's a part of, you know, the sign characteristic is like the, the the intuitiveness. And, you know, I have had some very, you know, nothing I would have sort of repeat on here, but there has been some um, things that I've seen, you know, mm-hmm. that and, and that they have very much comes to fruition in other people's lives, you know, and, and so, um,
1: just I'm, so you don't feel like you're floating, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, especially in my adolescent years, I would have very, very vivid dreams and then I would tell them to people and then they would say that actually happened and there's no way that you would know that. So don't feel like you're, you know, yeah. you're up so, against a wall of so skepticism. I, I
0: think that, you know, certain people do have, I think that that God gives certain people an, an intuitiveness or, or, you know, vision. And I'm not saying that, you know, I could, I know lottery numbers, Um,
1: but 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 you can know things outside of time.
0: Mm, I like that. Uh,
1: You're, you're good. You're not, you're not alone at this table right now.
0: So, so like I said, and there are things I, you know, I could tell you off mic that, um, I, That, you know, have flashed my mind that, you know, I've I've dreamt of or that, you know, I'll I'll just see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, literally, you know, I've had a a friend say that it happened to her the next day, you know, in another state. and, And what one of my good friends, Shasta, had to tell me, she was like, you have to pray and ask who it's for. Cause sometimes you see things or you feel things and you think it's about you yep. and it's not. You yep. know you're seeing something to prevent it for somebody else or just to be empathetic yep. towards yep. what yep. they go through or you know just in general. But it's it, I, I will tell one story that um, I I met a young man name is John and we had a phone call. It's like I was in college. So it was years ago. He had a clothing line. I interviewed him about his clothing line and I said like. You're so gonna, you've been
1: you've been kind of clothing line you've been eyeing clothing for your whole funny. career. Um, okay.
0: But I interviewed him about his clothing line, and he said that I said that he was going to be an actor, and he had a he had a clothing line, mm-hmm. and so I saw him about a year ago. And
1: I hope this story ends with saying, with you saying, and his last name was Travolta.
0: I <laughs> know. Okay. Um, but I saw him about a year ago and he was like, "It's like I'm so grateful to you. Like, I'm so thankful. And I was like, huh? He was like, you know, after we got off the phone, like, you know, I, I, I was casting this HBO show Treme and he was like, you know, but now I remember that it was, you know, you said that I was going to be an actor. And I was just like
1: that's oh, awesome you know
0: but it was like, like that's, that's not small, even small
1: potatoes that's like an hbo show it's yeah
0: like, <laughs> but it's something that like he remembered that i had said something specific towards yeah. like the role that he got and i didn't know him from a can of paint i you know but i said it to him and you know there have been other more like you know clearer specific yes. things um that are like you know like i said legit but anywho i would say um petty and psychic
1: that's a perfect <laughs> a perfect title and Guys, listening, it's it's absolutely true. Uh, words that are true and kind cost you nothing to say and can change the course mm. of a life. They can. They it, it it costs you nothing to say something that's true and kind. So why why am I sucking at dinging these <laughs> days? There we go. There's a ding. Oh, this is my yeah. We alternate. What do you think this is? What are people like? back home
0: see i heard that one i answered that one kind of yeah yeah, yeah we kind of did Orleans. that one
1: then you can ring a ding ding if okay. you want
0: um
1: that was that was on kathy fong episode
0: yeah see i bet you know that's why i watch the show i know Are listen to this show
1: man you are picky <laughs> what a, you have to hand me the ones that you get that get rejected this I, sp- I
0: spoke on that one
1: Yep, yep, yep. About the Me Too movement, anything you want to say. Because I yeah. spoke about,
0: like, you know, just why I want to be a music video director. Yeah, yeah, So I yeah. think that that kind of speaks to that.
1: Hand them to me as you okay. don't use them, and then I'll read them while you search for the next one. <laughs> you, time and again, reject the card. I, I think you're abusing the system. <laughs> what has been the strangest hour of your life?
0: I have to really think about that. I'm like, yeah. I don't think we have that much. Like That's kind of, like, crazy.
1: What okay. have you got there? Let's do this one. Okay, Lord,
0: this? I, but I told you I, don't, I hate scary movies. But can I just I don't know.
1: Sci-fi isn't scary. You can what talk would you about it? like
0: Black Panther sci-fi.
1: Kind sure, of? we're gonna promote it. Okay. It's in the club. Black Panther. Yay. Okay.
0: okay, you know what? I'll answer my own, so I can finally answer something. Okay. Okay. Ooh, ooh. And it's deep. I think this it's is I'm yours. Like, Shit, I didn't want to answer it, but yeah. This is,
1: you're pulling yours out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go for it. Let's see. Let's see okay. what you got.
0: So I said, "Were you ever a bad friend to somebody, and what did you learn from ending a friendship?"
1: That's two gigantic questions. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's do them one at a time. Were you ever a bad friend to somebody? Yes. What did you do?
0: I think that I was not supportive of a friend mm-hmm. that was very supportive of me. And she and I need to have a conversation about that. Um, but I think what I, what I realized, you know, what did I learn from that is that, um, you know, I heard people say that, like, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And, and I was reminded of like she and I's friendship because I was just like, you know, we do similar things, but it's not the exact same thing. And so I think when people look at competition, it's just like, you know, McDonald's is not Burger King. It's, it's so like, it's such, a, it's such a basic analogy, but it's very true. Like McDonald's is not worried about Burger King, you know, Chick-fil-A is not worried about KFC. And so I think that, You really have to be cognizant that you can have um, a similar thing, you know, in an oversaturated market and it still be totally different. Like your approach to something be totally different because, you know, I don't know many dark skin, natural hair journalists that do long form interviews like myself, Uh you know, and so that is my niche, you know, and so. And so there can be another journalist, you know, interviewing the same celebrity, but our questions are going to be different. You know, the the way that we ask them is going to be different. Um, our approach, you know, like I have friends again who do red carpets, and in, in the way that I speak, I'm a long form interviewer, yeah. I, and and so kind of on a side note, professionally, I feel like I've had I don't say fewer opportunities, more like high quality over quantity. Yep, I have friends yep, yep. that do red carpets and they can, you know, work five days a week because there's always a red carpet. That's not my medium. You know, yeah, that's not my yeah, leg yeah, yeah, you're not going to um, get deep into I don't like it. I am like fighting for, like, you know, yeah. an interview. Who are you wearing? Yeah, you know, and so... um I prefer to do more long form, like sit down interviews. And so like, that's my niche. That's my lane. And so yep. again, I have friends who do something similar, you know, but it's just like, it's, it's not the same exact thing, but I know that there was a point where like, it was just like a, a hard year for me. And because I didn't feel like, you know, I was winning at that time, or I didn't feel like things were going for for me well professionally. Then I started to look over to see what you know, McDonald's was doing, yep, yep, <laughs> you know, yep, yep, it's yep, like, yep, yep. you know, it's like, hmm, I got a Big Mac. Maybe I eat a Big Mac. Yeah, you yep, know, it's yep, like, yep, yep, no, yep, be a Whopper. Yep, yep, <laughs> you yep, know? Yep. Um, but I think that when, you know, when things aren't going well for you, you start to be like, you know, you'll start to look over and see what, you know, should I incorporate their menu into mine? Or, you yep. know, should I, like they're having a surge in sales or, you know, they're just, whatever they're doing at the moment could be winning. And, you start to doubt your own self and, and what you're doing and what your path is. And so I have definitely learned that. Um even you know, going back to the, the lonely at the top thing, I was recently, you know, thinking about how I'm progressing as a journalist. And I'm just like, wow, I don't even have this friend. I don't I don't have this friend who was who's Ahead of me now to even be able to call and say, Hey, what do you think about this next step that I'm taking? Because I was in my feelings and jealous and, you know, not happy for her at a certain moment, you know? So I think it kind of comes full circle because just because you may be unemployed or depressed or down at one moment, then it may be a second where, Hey, you're winning and things are great. And you're like, How do I navigate this space? And if you don't have anybody else to talk to, then it's like, Fuck, you screwed yourself because, yep, 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 you know, yep, yep. you you weren't supportive when somebody else was winning, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think that if if that makes sense, I I just learned the importance of... I don't believe in staying in your lane because I feel like then I would only be a journalist. Well,
1: clearly you don't believe in staying... Like, you you are in all lanes simultaneously, I don't like using that
0: term of, like, staying in your lane because I think that that relegates you or that suppresses, you know... I think staying in your lane, a lot of people say, like, you know, don't move out of what you're good of. So I'm not saying that, but I, I... I do believe in just um, being cognizant of like your niche and what you do well and knowing that people can't take that from you and knowing that like the opportunities that are for you are for you. Because again, I look at some of my peers in journalism and I'm like, you know, I, I do have—I don't say regrets, but there was a time where, of depression where I was regretting, oh, I—I like I should have done this better, or I should have, you know, moved differently, or, or done certain things better, because now look, this person, you know, has this opportunity, you know, on TV or whatever, but then I have to realize that journalism for me is like. An appetizer is not my full meal. Yeah, and for yeah. certain people, journalism, it, like that's their full meal. You know, like journalism for me is like you know, like the French fry It's not the shrimp po' oh boy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: you know, and so like, or it could be like the fries and the bread, but it's not the shrimp. Yeah, you know? so yeah, it's yeah. just like
1: you know, there are certain. You people, are really excited about that. Shrimp. <laughs> there are that's certain people like, that ended this whole conversation. Exactly. I'm going
0: home to fry some shrimp, but you know, there are certain people getting that like, um, that that's their world. Yeah, and so, but when i had opportunities to make it my world i wasn't happy so like the gag is when you're looking at other people's lives and then you might get that and you're like wow it doesn't even fulfill me it doesn't even make me happy so you have to like stay focused on what your niche is and what makes you happy so that you're not chasing something that's unfulfilling
1: i'm gonna tell you a quick story because it's on my mind every other day and you'll understand why as i tell it so back when i was in college it was the first year of college and my roommate And I, we had uh, an apartment with multiple mirrors, two mirrors in the bathroom. So I was at one shaving and he was at the other shaving Mm -hmm. and I shave from the bottom up. So I would go down, you know, start at the bottom and pull it up Mm -hmm. and he would shave from the top down and, you know, and he looked over at me and he said, you go against the grain. Huh. Then he went back to shaving. Uh, Cut to almost 15 years later, he is the now the vice president or president of a uh, production company. And I have spent my whole life shaving against the grain. And I, you know, like I feel like I feel like maybe you in this situation (laughs) where you kind of been building it your way the whole time Mm. and not going with the. And there was this moment in the first year of school where somebody looked over and was like, "You're, you're just doing it a more difficult way. And he went on to do, anyway, that's, he's my version of that thing that you just described. And you
0: know what? That's what I was saying earlier um, was that, you know, I, I, some people may say that I'm young. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm 27 and a half. And um, you'll
1: always be younger than me. So I will always (laughs) say you're young. I'm in that group of people.
0: But, you know, I think that I was saying off camera that. I have some some friends and they it doesn't seem like they've ever gone without a job. It seems like, you know, they have always from from yep. college to now, you know, late twenties, thirties, they they worked at the same place, you know, for five plus years, five, ten years. You know, they're able to 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 to, to hop from job to job with no problem. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like being a freelancer is hard and, and being an entrepreneur is very hard and building your own business is very hard. Um And when I go to apply for, you know, for jobs, I'm just like, why, you know, why aren't I getting something, you know, like, why aren't I getting this full-time job? And then, you know, I'll turn around and I'll get something like that's freelance that'll hold me over. Then I realize that, you know, again, everybody has a different path. Sometimes like you need... People who already have the establishments and they need the people who are, you know, building like the brick and mortars as well, if that makes sense. So it's like Disney, Netflix, every, you know, Apple, everything has to come from like uh, an idea. Everything has to be conceptualized. And, you know, so I have to forgive myself or, you know, like be a little less little less hard on myself when I think about like, Hey, like you're building a business, you're building a brand as opposed to working for something already, um, created. Cause I read job descriptions, you know, for digital producer roles, you know, about like, you know, social media posts and the video content that they need. I'm like, fuck, I want to just do this myself. I already have a site in a structure that I started when I was 18, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think for me, it's just more about, um, adding on to what I've already created as opposed to, again, like going to work for someone else and taking the skill sets that I already have. So, like, you know, like leaving that, I remember I went to the Bahamas and like there, and um, what I liked about the the Bahamas was that there a lot of, um, I think what, what my host dad said was that like, People can own homes easier than it is in America. So, like a lot of people, they'll just like they'll buy the land, but they um, they build on it when they. No, that's what he said. So, in America, you, like if you get a loan. Like you have to like build it in like 24 months. Like you have a certain amount of time, you know, to uh-huh. kind of like build whatever you're doing. Yeah. Cause then you have to pay back the, you know, the company, you have to start paying back on the loan and stuff like that. In the Bahamas, to my knowledge, if you're a Bohemian, don't yell at me, Um, you can get it land and kind of like take your time. You yep, know, there, there's yep, not, there's yep. not the same kind of rush, you know, to, to pay back anybody. And so in the Bahamas, I would, as I was walking, I would see like a, like a toilet. I would literally say like, like, like bricks in a toilet. You know, I would just see like, you know, people would like yeah, start yeah, yeah. to like build a foundation and like walk away. And yep, I would yep, just yep. see just a lot of toilets or just a lot of like, you know, a room, like one room yep, yep, by yep, itself, yep. you know, nothing else around it. And so I, that is like kind of how I feel with my business. It's like, okay, like you have this amazing land, you have this amazing foundation, you have all these like amazing skill sets that a lot of people don't have. You know, like I write, I shoot, I edit I (laughs) sew, you know, so like I built two websites by myself. You know, I shoot a lot of my own content. I edit it myself. Like, I don't necessarily, I'm at a point where I like having a team because it Mm -hmm. makes my life simpler, but I don't need a team. You know, I I created my, when I was 18, you know, it was, okay, like, let me learn how to use WordPress. Let me learn how to use WordPress. Let me buy a camera. Let me learn how to use Final Cut Pro, you know? So the skill sets that I have have, you know, Gotten me this far, but again, sometimes when you're like, hey, I'm not making six figures, or like, I'm like, I'm gonna eat tonight, you know, you're just like, okay, I just want a regular nine to five job. Yep,
1: yep, can I please just learn how to shave with the grain exactly. instead of against but the But then grain. I have
0: to realize, okay, like maybe this is a, a part of the purpose that God yeah, has for yeah. me that, you know, if I had this nine to five. I wouldn't be able to, you know, produce this event with Adrian Marcelo on Monday or, you know. I Which would,
1: I'm very much looking forward to. Thank <laughs> you for inviting me out to yeah, that event. Of one. course. Thank I you can't for coming wait. to, I can't wait to, to bring me. your skill
0: sets to, to my event. You know, it's like I've gotten to produce some amazing events. Like if, if I hadn't produced or created events, then I wouldn't have met like Mariko. I wouldn't have met some of my amazing network of friends if if I was not creating my own opportunities, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. If you had not spent a life shaving it against the grain, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'm I'm w- I'm right there with you. Let's do one more, and okay. then let's 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 wind down. Do you want to pull the last one, or should I? Um. You thing. get this. You got it. I won't cheat. What have you got? You throwing this one away too? No, no, no. Okay. Okay. I, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. You're stuck on a deserted island. Three items allowed? Just for the record, that is how it is written. It is with a three items allowed with a question mark. Uh, which movie, which book, and which song?
0: Okay, i I was stuck on a desert island. Which, okay. The song, I love Robin Thicke's Wanna Love You Girl. Uh, it's but the, the remix is Rob is Pharrell, Robin Thicke, and Buster Rhymes. Okay, favorite song. Um, which book? I'm still reading it, so I guess I would take it. You are a badass. Okay. And then like, if it happens to come like, in, like but there's also like, a you are a badass with money. So I'm like, just. Typically, make them like a two a
1: two. Oh yeah, like just print of, an edition with both in one yeah, exactly. in one binding. Yep, yep, yep.
0: So you are a badass slash. You are a badass with money. What movie? There are a lot of things I need to like go and see. Um, what could I see over? You know, it's funny because like. I have friends who like will rewatch uh-huh. movies all over. I'm like, how could you?
1: There's so many more. Some of them are worth studying. Some of them are so complicated that it's worth doing a the okay. two three dive.
0: That's sh- okay. Um, if I have
1: to, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one you could watch two or three times and still be picking up on new details.
0: Okay, you wait. I'll get back to the movie. What, what are your three?
1: What are my three? Um, three items allowed. Which song? I, it would have to be um, "The Joke's on Me" by Dave Bromberg. That's the I think that might be, yeah, yeah, that might be it. Which book I would guess The Adventures of Tom Sawyer? It's okay. just such a like a silly fun book <laughs> uh-huh. that it would take my mind off of the, how dull the deserted island. Well, I don't know, is this a fun deserted island? Like Clearly
0: they have Wi-Fi and Netflix, okay. uh, you know, a VCR or a DVD player or <laughs> and VCR. which
1: which movie it would probably be my neighbor Totoro. What is that? When did that come out? Uh, ooh, early '80s. It's a Japanese animated okay. film. But it's just the film I've watched more than any other, and love more than any other. And you still owe us one movie before we can close Over. out this.
0: Okay, I'll just go like I'll just go with what I said earlier. Um, The Great Gatsby with with Robert Redford. Perfect. I'll just go with that one. <laughs> that is a
1: that is a very fine bookend. I mean, we opened and we closed with this this yes. similar thought. So I'm gonna play the goodbye music, which you okay. will not hear now because you don't have the headphones on. But you you might hear it if you listen to your. I'm episode. familiar
0: with it because I watched,
1: I listen to the show. So okay, so you know what it'll sound like. Here we yes. go. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Fishbowl. Sponsored
0: by the Hollywood
1: Fishbowl. Sponsored by the, thank you for the reminder. Sponsored by the. Hollywood Fishbowl, your dancing is perfect for this song. I am Jesse Kester. I've been your host. I will continue to be Jesse Kester and continue to be your host. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HWFishbowl. We're also on Facebook, I guess, but I don't remember the address. And if you want to find us on the internet, www.hollywoodfishbowl.com. But it's not about us, it's about our guest. Where can we find you, Miss D'Amour?
0: Find Zondamour on Instagram at Zondamour, Z O N D A M um, O U R. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Directed by D'Amour. Okay. Um, also on YouTube, Directed by D'Amour, Facebook, and I'm sorry and two websites directed by and zon.damore.com.
1: All right? And I hope that you guys will out there in in Fishbowl land check out Zon's work cuz it's it's great. It's really fun. <laughs> and I really thank you for coming on.
0: Thank you for having me. Spark